Welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here with us. And today we have a very special guest and I'm going to let Rory jump right in and introduce you. All right. So today we have Lindsay Bonder, who is the founder and CEO of Worldwide Tutoring, as well as the founder and president of the nonprofit Educate Radiate Elevate. Uh, so both of these companies uh, provide services to students of all ages and all abilities in all subjects. And this centers around instruction and tutoring. So welcome to the Big Picture Business Podcast, Lindsay. Welcome. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, yeah. we are so excited you're here. I'm sure our listeners are wondering, how did you get started with this business? Because before we hit record, your background is so interesting. So please tell us more about just you. Yeah, it was a it was a wild road, a lot of fun, but definitely not a straight path. Was really not even something I intended to happen. I actually originally went to school to college for biomedical engineering. I was pretty quickly labeled as a child as as a math science kind of person and was more so pushed in that direction, as many people could probably relate to. Well-intentioned push, but a push nonetheless. And when I went to college and started actually doing the lab work involved with that field, which was a lot of biochemistry, I hated it. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) like the non-human component of it. And there's like aspects of lab voodoo where you would put all this work into something and then it wouldn't work. And it just, that's it. It just doesn't work and do it again kind of thing. And I actually went to my advisor and, you know, talked about switching majors. We tried other labs. In the end, I ended up keeping the degrees in biology, chemistry, and math, but I knew that I was now faced with what am I going to do with these degrees because biomedical engineering isn't it. Hmm. And there's still diverse enough degrees that I had a lot of other options. So I decided at that point, from my experience in college, I wanted to test it out before I committed to it <laughs> because sometimes testing it out and actually doing the work, you realize you may or may not like it as opposed to just hypothetically learning about it. So I did a bunch of internships, picked up and moved across the world by myself for various internships. People are very worried about that. What are you doing? You know, go back and get your master's, get your PhD. And here I am picking up and throwing on a backpack and going across the country or the world often by myself. But one of the internships I had was involving education and that was it. It was game over at that point, went back to school to be a teacher, biomedical engineer to a teacher. And then I started teaching specifically in low-income neighborhoods. I taught in South Central Los Angeles and I taught STEM to middle school. So everyone just thought I was really off my rocker. Like, what is this girl (laughs) doing? But I loved it. And I, I just... It was exactly where I was supposed to be. And when people came, you know, who had those doubts, I invited them to my classroom to come see me teach. And every time they were like, yep, this is it. This is where you're, this is where you're supposed to be. So that was the going into the education route, going into the business owning route is a whole nother (laughs) pathway as well. But I basically, when I left California to move to Chicago, I tried to find a school that afforded me the same freedom to teach. And I didn't find it. And so I had been tutoring on the side the whole time to supplement my income and just decided to start tutoring full-time and completely outgrew myself within a few years, had to start hiring people, turned into a business. And here we are 10 years later. (laughs) So, and I have about 60 instructors in various states. That's incredible. 10 years. Congratulations. That's a huge milestone. Thank you. 
Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm still learning and changing and growing every day. So it's shocking for me to say that sometimes, but I don't regret it any day. There's not a day that I hate working. Mm. Well, it sounds like you followed your passion and your purpose, right? You did all these other things, yet you knew what was correct for you. I love that exactly. you followed that. It seems like you followed your intuition, right? And it's played a, a big role in, in you becoming a business owner, becoming a leader of your business. What strategies would you recommend for people who are trying to figure that out, like to follow their intuition, to find what they're looking for in their lives and in their businesses? Thanks for recognizing that because that's something that I've recently realized too, that it is an intuitive thing. And I've started kind of questioning myself, why, why did I take these, you know, these steps and these decisions, even though everyone around me is saying, no, don't do it. I think at the time I realized that a lot of what people were saying to me was projecting their own fears and their own worries. It had nothing to do with me. It wasn't anything to do with my capabilities because now looking back a lot of them were like, I already, I already knew you were going to be successful. I knew you were going to make it work. I was just worried about you being, you know, halfway across the globe. So I think that even then I recognized it, but I think my first step of understanding the benefits of it was when I stepped away from the major that I was pushed towards and actually went kind of away from the biomedical more to just the sciences, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but it was. Mm. And I loved it. And that was the first time I was thinking, I don't need to be boxed in and told what to do. I can do what makes me happy. In fact, I was even told at a young age, just choose a job that makes you money because everyone's going to hate their job anyway. (laughs) And I remember at the time going, Mathematically, that doesn't really make sense (laughs) because, you know, and just kind of thinking like that's not logical. Mm. But really, it's separating out what feels good and brings you actual happiness from the worry of potentially disappointing others. Because I will say to you, even, you know, in the end, they will come to you and say, you made the right decision. They may fight you on it in the beginning. But every time they're going to realize that you went the right way, if they truly do care about your well-being. And after a few times of that happening in my life, I just started not even listening to anyone else and doing what I know felt right. And the best way I can equate it to is the feeling of, <sighs> so I always tell people, do what makes you feel, <sighs> there's always going to be one. And that's the, the direction I go. At least one. At least one. I At least one. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. There's something I think that I, I that's one of my superpowers. I'm, I, there's always just something that pulls me in one direction and I just do it. It just feels right. Mm. I'm not really, I don't often get torn between different options, but I think I can attribute a lot of that to cutting out the noise and really focusing on me and what I want. Hmm. Excellent. That's- such good advice. Thank, <laughs> thank you for saying that. It's such good advice. We have to follow not only just intuition, but the business ownership intuition as well. I feel like it will never lie to us, regardless of if someone says something's going to fail. We talk about that a lot on the show. You cannot fail as long as you're continuing to learn from those mistakes, right? And a big part of that is really just cultivating that intuition for yourself. And so good on you. Well done. (laughs) You've done it. Yeah. And it is true. You still use it now. I use it in Sometimes there's clients where I just don't have a good feeling about it, Mm -hmm. you know, or even tutors. There's projects, things that get presented to me. And I'm like, 
I just don't feel right about this and I don't do it. And for that, I've had a really smooth 10 years. I haven't had any issues and it is a risky field working with children. And now obviously with the pandemic and things being in person and there's just a lot going on and I've had, everyone's happy. You know, the tutors are happy, the clients are happy. And I really attribute that a lot to knowing when to say no based off of it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the pandemic, okay, so Dominica and I both have children. We're in the situation that I'm sure a lot of your clients are in. You know, we were thrown into this situation where we've got to be the babysitters, we've got to be the teachers, we've got to be the everything at every moment for our kids because there's nowhere else for them to go. So what are some of the struggles that you're seeing with with people being able to to manage all of this, you know, with with you know trying to work and also, you know, teach their kids and all that? I mean work-life balance has kind of gone out the window when it's all at home, right? (laughs) So that's a big issue that I hear a lot of parents talk about as a pain point for them, that how do they draw the line between family and work when it's all in one place? And so I have you know, presented some tips to them that are short-term answers and solutions, but I really do think the longer-term solution to that is to tap into our children's natural curiosities, natural ability to kind of entertain themselves and to kind of bring that back. Because unfortunately, a lot of schools are very adult-centered and kids are just so used to being told what to do and when to do it and don't really have as much input themselves. And now you throw them at home and they're used to that. They're used to being told, do this, do this, do this. And if I don't know how to do it, I go automatically to someone for help. But that doesn't really work when mom or dad are sitting in the office with the door closed on a meeting. You know, it it is not productive. So one of the things we really work on with our students is getting them to be more independent. And it's not a quick fix, but it is a long fix. And it pays off down the line in a lot of a lot of various ways, you know, they're eventually going to be leaving your house. So I know it's hard to let go, but you really do want to start, you know, fostering this into them at a young age. And a lot of the steps I give to parents are really simple because it's like, hey, back up, (laughs) let them suffer and struggle a little bit. And I take that even from being a business owner. You know, there's a lot of times that I struggled as a business owner and out came something amazing. And it, it had to, I had to struggle. And even now with the pandemic, I had to be challenged to start creating new ideas because everything was fine just the way it was. And that's true with children as well. You know, sometimes it's so easy for us as parents to just step in and do everything for our children. Mm-hmm. And as educators, it's hard too, because when we see kids struggle, we want to help them. But there's a difference between struggling and suffering. You know, struggle is okay. That's okay for them to struggle. I'd rather them learn it now when it's low risk than later when they have big consequences. So a lot of the tips I give to parents is to simply back up and, you know, let them kind of figure it out and they will. They're, they're, they're really innovative, these kids of ours. That's so true. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned helping them to become more independent because that's one of the things that that I've really noticed we've had to focus on. There's there's really no other option, at least in, in my world, because you know, I, I can't be there every single second. And, you know, I mean, I'm there more than, you know, most parents have traditionally been in the past. But at the same time, it's like I've still got business to run. I still got to do a podcast. I'm here, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and so just looking at strategies, okay, well, you know, okay, can you get your own drink from the fridge? 
Can you, you know, you're hungry? Okay, here's where the snacks are. Go grab something. You know, here's where the fruit is. You know, grab an apple, grab a banana. You, you know how to open it, right? These, these types of things mm-hmm. that, that really, it seems like helps. And I've been starting to see a shift of getting more and more independent. And that's encouraging. Mm. And confidence probably too. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you have the independence and the confidence, they start taking more risks in their learning. They start you know, creating, being more creative in their problem solving. There's so many other things they start to do as a result of it. And so, you know, often it does step with, start with just giving them those beginning parts of independence and then learning they can do it and letting that, you know, snowball into more and more. One of the things that I want to go back to is while, while you were mentioning that, you mentioned you did have some struggles in your business. What did that look like? How did you approach that? And how did you overcome those struggles? I mean, it's funny because almost every time I tell people that I have a tutoring company, they're like, wow, you must be just blowing up this year. And I'm like, it's actually the opposite. Many of my competitors close their doors. And I know because their tutors are coming to me looking for work now. So I think what happened looking back in hindsight, you know, in the spring, it was survival mode. No, everyone was just trying to get through. In the summer, no one wanted to touch anything learning. (laughs) They just were like, forget it. And then in the fall, I think there was just so much uncertainty about what would schooling look like. You know, we had the election, we had the stuff with the pandemic. Now we're at a point where things are settling down. I think people have an idea of at least what the next six months to a year are going to look like. And now business is picked up. Mm -hmm. But I credit a lot of that also to, I took that slow time and instead of going, forget it, I'm getting rid of the business. Let me go work somewhere else or complaining. I use that instead as an opportunity now that I had time and a little bit of a kick in the butt to invent new things. And so I, I instantly reached out to potential clientele and clients and said, what, where are you hurting? Like, what do you need help with? Because sometimes I found that what I thought they were struggling with wasn't actually what they were struggling with, or they were struggling with things I'd never considered. And so from there, I started to create solutions. Um, A lot of those were very simple solutions, like asking tutors to be on standby seven days a week for just last minute help. Others were more entailed, like creating enrichment classes to get the kids excited about learning again. That took a little bit more work. But all of those were things that I noticed the clients and my tutors were really excited about. Hmm. And that was kind of my clue that I was in the right direction. And there are things I've continued. Even now, you know, it wasn't just a quick, simple fix. It's things that were so popular that I've continued them on through now. I also used it as an opportunity to really reflect on my business and myself as a business owner. And there was a lot that came up in there, you know, some deep stuff came up. I noticed that I had a lot of negative Mm self-talk. There was a lot of times I would start a project. And then as soon as I put that finishing touches, a little voice in my head would be like, this isn't going to work. And digging deeper, I think it comes from, you know, things being said to me at a younger age. So I really consciously worked on that, acknowledging it and moving past it. And just, you know, some other, you know, self-doubts and maybe misconceptions of what it means to be a business owner and understanding that a little bit better. Like, wait, you could be a good person and a successful business owner at the same time because I've really separated myself from it. And potentially, I think that's what hindered my growth for so long. So there was a lot of not just business growth, but personal growth too. And sometimes even the personal was a little harder, but I feel 
a lot different than I did this time last year. Wow. You know, we talk so much on this podcast about mindset. It's so important that you can have all the success in, in the world come to you. If you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to keep it. And we see that happen over and over where people hit a certain level in their business. And if they go beyond it, they self-sabotage mm-hmm. because that cycle starts going in the in their brains, self negative self-talk, like you're saying, I don't deserve this. You know, I, I maybe I'm not a good person because I'm becoming successful. These types of things that really hold people back from growing their businesses to the levels that it could be. So I'm I'm so glad and I, I want to applaud you for taking the time to actually be introspective, to look at these things in your life when you had the opportunity to. And you didn't just, you know, you didn't just sit down and say, oh, I'm going to focus all my energy only on, you know, what's the next, you know, marketing tactic that I could do to get more business. You said, look, there's more to this. There's, there's more that I need to, like, how do I grow as a person to grow my business? Hmm. Right. I think that's so important and it's missed so many times. And, and, and one of the other things that, that, that you mentioned that I think is really important is don't make assumptions about what your clients or potential clients are wanting. Yeah. We, we all have a tendency so many times to, to do things like that. Just be like, oh, you know, this is what I, I'm the expert. This is what you need, right? But getting that feedback from clients, you know, whether it's in your advertising and how they're responding to your advertising, whether it's the products that you're putting out, very important. So I just, you know, great job. Yeah, truly. Thanks. I mean, what I did find is when everything happened, a lot of people went straight to social media. And so I leveraged that and I just kind of went on to all the parent groups and said, <laughs> where are you hurting? (laughs) Like, what do you need? And took that and crunched it and broke it down to basically three main categories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you ask, people are happy to tell you, (laughs) they're happy to say, this is where I'm struggling. And then, you know, people start following it just because they want to hear. And then of course, the next question is, well, what I'm, are you going to follow up with us and tell us how you fix this? So then you get all these people who are interested in what are you going to do, you know, and, and people even messaging me on the side, will you let me know when you, when you come up with solutions for this? <laughs> so there's, you know, potential clients right there without even really trying, but coming at it kind of non-businessy and as a, as a human level of just talk to me, let me know where, where are we hurting here? I think was really beneficial. It's amazing what happens when you just go ask. Say, mm-hmm. what do you need? And then you actually mm-hmm. get the results, right? People, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can speak to this with my clients. They will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars searching for that answer when they could have just gone into a Facebook group and said, what do you need? How can I help you? You have taken the initiative and you are making it happen and you're very inspiring. You. Just in hearing your story, the word that comes up for me is just resilient. Like you have just yeah. you've pushed through. What are some tips that you have for our listeners about just truly being resilient, especially during this time? I appreciate you recognizing that because that's something that I have definitely, you know, when I'm working with students to try to give them that entrepreneurial mindset, resilience is a really big part of it. And I think that a lot of the roots of our issues in society come from people not ever learning coping mechanisms and not having that resilience. And I really work on that with our students, that resilience side of things, because I do think it's so critical to self-development and growth. And so I appreciate that you recognize that in me because I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the ups and downs. 
I think, you know, as a beginning business owner, when I had those lows, I thought something was wrong. I thought I was doing the wrong thing, or maybe I'm just not good at this. And it wasn't until I started really being vulnerable and talking to others that I realized, especially other people in the business field, not even necessarily my field, that I realized that this is just the natural part of having a business. You have those lows and then you have the highs and this is just how it is. And I really tried to adapt that to understand that, you know, to my students too, which, you know, if you have a low, it doesn't mean you're dumb. (laughs) It doesn't mean you're incapable because I kind of think I felt that about myself when I had those lows. So now I just instead do the same thing I tell my students to do, use those lows as opportunities to stop and they say, what's not working? What is working? Let's shift gears. I heard a quote one time, and I'm, I'm going to butch it, but one of the things that said is you can't build muscle without resistance. Hmm. And I just thought that was really powerful because it's true. You know, if I sit here and do this to my arm all day long, I'm not going to get muscle. It's not till I add weight to it. And it really hit me that you really can't grow unless you have those challenges. That's the only way to grow. And now I, I embrace them like, okay, another, another challenge, buckle down, head down, let's figure it out. Knowing it's short term, knowing I'm going to come out of it, knowing that you know, things are going to ease off again and then I can go back to my enjoyable life again. But sometimes you just got to buckle down and knock it out. You know? And that's just the life of a business owner. Now, I have to ask, do you make sure to celebrate the little wins along the way for yourself to recognize when you've taken charge of something or it's a breakthrough? Do you take time to celebrate that for yourself? It's funny that you asked that because I was actually in a kind of webinar the other day and they were talking about that. And that's something I try to teach my students to do. And I realized I don't really do it myself. Ah, um, <laughs> that's why I, I asked. friend today message me. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend today message me just out of nowhere. I'm so proud of you and everything you've done with your business this year. And I was like, thank you for that and for making me stop and say, yes, I'm proud of myself. (laughs) You know, like just that opportunity and that little reminder was really good. I need to get better at that. And I'm invoking for, you know, coming, moving forward practices to make sure I make time to include that in my day because. I think gratitude is a big part of it, being grateful for those accomplishments. Yeah. And then it, it just puts things in perspective too, because I just have a tendency to keep plowing forward sometimes that it's nice to stop and be like, wait a minute, like that was really good and know how to move forward better next time because that worked. Now I know how to apply those skills to the next thing. So it, it's good to reflect. Good. I want to know more about worldwide tutoring itself, if we may ask. I'm I'm curious about your whole approach in like in taking on a new student, what that looks like. Before we started recording, you had mentioned that you focus on mindset of your students. So I just I I'm curious about that process. If you could speak to that a little bit. Happily. This is that's my baby. So, you know, like all tutoring companies you know, we're going to help with grades and test scores. That's, that's going to happen. But the, the way that I approach this, and honestly, the reason why I started the company in the first place is because I recognized that there were so many students where the traditional system is just not working for them. 
And that's for a lot of reasons that we could go into and have a whole nother hour and a half talking Mm -hmm. about. But a lot of that does come down to skills that are necessary for success, but that are not being directly taught. And you talk to adults and a lot of them will say, man, I wish I had learned this when I was a kid, you know? And I'm kind of like, well, why not? Why are we not teaching this? I get that experience is, you know, valuable in life, but there's so many things that we can share with them so they can start forming certain habits so that they can go even further. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I geared the business around is not just saying, okay, school's not working for them, but more of why. Why is it not working? And let's address that issue first. And a lot of it did come down to mindset. So a lot of the things we work on with our students involves self-reflection. So we do a lot of metacognition, which is you know emotional self-regulation, doing things like we talked about today, looking at successes and failures, evaluating them so that you have a better idea of how to move forward, monitoring your own mistakes and successes. We also do executive functions, which is now a more popular word. I originally learned about this about a decade ago, but people know it now, finally. And I'm not really want to hop on the bandwagon for new education terms because I'm like, okay, yeah, same stuff. But I love (laughs) this because it's forcing us to stop and say, hang on, we have to teach our children these skills. We have to teach them how to plan and prioritize and time manage and task initiate and all of these things, you know, organize, these things that we just kind of expect them to figure out. It's saying, wait you have to understand their brains are not developed for this yet until their 20s. That's the part of their brain that handles this. We can teach it to them earlier, but we have to teach it to them. And, you know, if we're expecting them to have these teachers, all these different teachers and subjects and all these different responsibilities, we have to give them the toolbox of how to handle that. And they adapt super well and they pick it up fast, but we need to actually be deliberate in teaching that to them. And then, the last component that I add, and you know, people call these things soft skills. There's lots of words for it. I call them interpersonal skills, but it's more of the, you know, the, the competency side is the education, but now we're getting into the more conscious side of it. So yes, you're smart. You have good grades. You have a good test score. Are you going to be a good person? Are you going to be a good leader? Are you going to be able to advocate for yourselves and for others? Are you going to be a good team worker? Can you actively listen? Can you creatively problem solve and make decisions? So these are all the other kind of soft skills that you need where having the intelligence isn't enough. And we've all had experiences where maybe we had a supervisor who climbed their way up, but just sucked as a leader, you know, and they had the intelligence, but they just were a terrible leader. And I think that we, neglect that side too often. So we really work on that with our students to make sure that they're in a position where they can, you know, invoke change in the world. Yeah. It seems like this is like next level tutoring. Yeah. Like not your traditional <laughs> tutoring, right? And and some of you, you mentioned, you know, earlier, but I want to kind of reiterate is that, you know, when you're in isolation, meaning in, in the context of of tutoring, like, you know, you, you are now teaching your kids or even your kids are at school, but it's all done in iso- in isolation. Same thing goes in business. Like you need mentors, you need people who can help you get to that next level, help, you know, whether it's you in your business, whether it's your, your kids in their education, we can't do everything on our own. We can't see everything that we need to see in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. 
it's just, you know, we all have blind spots. That's the best way to put it. Mm. And other people can come in who are good at what they do and can say, you've got a blind spot here. Let's look at this. How do we adjust and, and, and help you through that? That's the power of, of mentors and in your case of tutors. Really love that. One of the other things that I wanted to ask you about is how you built your team and what that experience has been like, because uh, a lot of business owners struggle with scaling their businesses. So what's that been like for you? Trial, a lot of trial and error. So what I did in the beginning is kind of the exact opposite of what I believe, and I should have known better, but I chose people who looked good on paper, the right degrees, the right qualifications, not the right experience. And I know better than that, <laughs> you know? So again, I wasn't, I, that was an intuitive moment that I think I pushed myself through just because I thought maybe I, I didn't know better, but I do. Mm. So what I do now is a lot of what feels right. And I can kind of sense from them, not just their experience, which I think is so much more valuable than those credentials. Because, you know, I get people all the time who are saying, do you hire just people with teaching credentials? No, I actually don't just hire people with teaching credentials because I don't think that that necessarily qualifies you as a good educator. I think that if you're someone where I can see a pattern of this being something interesting to you for many years, you know, you volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club or you helped with your cousins, like I can see a pattern of it. This is something you actually care about and you're passionate about. That's much more meaningful to me. Hmm. I also will directly ask them, why do you want to work for us? Why do you want to work for, for Worldwide Tutoring? Their answers are very telling. I sometimes get answers of, I just need more money. Hmm. Mm, next. I get answers <laughs> of, I have the time. Mm. But then I have some that are, you can tell, I, I love what your mission is and standing for this. This is something that I stand for as well. I can see it. I can feel it before I even talk to them. <laughs> Just coming off the paper, you know, it, that it's genuine. And so those are ones that I'll kind of bring them in. But I definitely do a kind of step-by-step feeling them out. I'll ask them questions in a certain way, the way they're phrased to see if they do pay attention to detail, to see how they respond back with what tone. I kind of want to feel them out first. And then when I talk to them, then I can get you know a better idea of what kind of person they are. Because in the end, that's really what makes a successful tutor is their ability to connect to the student. There's never been a parent that said this tutor is incompetent and doesn't know the knowledge, you know, have the knowledge, but there might be a parent who says, I want to make sure that the tutor really is able to connect with my child. And that's really where, you know, I think the learning really happens. And it kind of speaks to what Rory was saying about that coaching, because I do consider us to be more academic coaches. I always say we're coaches, not crutches, (laughs) you know? And so you have to connect with that coach on a deeper personal kind of vulnerable level. And you can't do that if you, if that person isn't a genuine person. So, you know, there's, there's certain ways I do it, but a lot of it is in the way the questions are phrased. You have such a beautiful, well-rounded approach just on a personal level. I was an IEP student all throughout school. I was told that I was never going to go to college. I was never given the opportunity to even like take the SAT. I, I had some brilliant teachers along the way who really, really tried, but I just learned so, so differently. Just hearing your story and knowing that this is truly your purpose. And I can hear just in the, in the tone of your voice, like the passion that really comes through for your students and what you're doing. 
just truly thank you. I, I wish that I would have had a mentor like you or a, a coach like you to help me through those years because it really, it affected me in such a way where I am where I am today, which is incredible. And I'm so grateful to have gone through those trying times and that whole experience. But it's just so nice to see someone like yourself who's really coming from this holistic approach of let's look at everything. Let's not just focus on one uh, subject over the other. Let's look at the mindset. Let's look at how we feel about ourselves. I just, man, I really wish I would have had you earlier. (laughs) There wasn't much of this type of support when we were in school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now that there is, I mean, this is an opportunity, you know, especially, you know, for for all of us who are business owners or at home who need the extra support with our kids to get them to that next level if they're falling behind or they're struggling with something i would highly encourage you to to reach out to to lindsay to see if it's the right fit for you guys and, yeah. and get that help because it makes such a difference cuz like i i don't ever want like someone to have to go through what what you went through dominica cuz that i mean that's confidence crushing. Oh, it totally. It was at the time. Oh yeah. 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 You know, and that's a, a lot of, of hurt and, and, you know, difficulty that you had to go through in order to, you know, pull yourself out of that. And if we can prevent that from happening yeah. and, and just support kids and getting the education that they need so that they can be productive members of society and right. you know, successful yeah. and, you know, raised to, you know, build businesses and, and do good things in the world. I mean, that's amazing. The next wave of entrepreneurs and it's not just kids, right? It's helping the parents too. Where else can people connect with you, Lindsay, on social media? What's the best way if someone wants to reach out? Oh (laughs) yeah. I'm on all social media. I actually have a a group that's meant for parents, students, and educators on Facebook where I'm constantly giving tips and resources. It's called Positivity for Parents, Students, and Educators. And then you can look up Worldwide Tutoring literally everywhere. Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, we're on all of it. And doing a lot of fun learning as well as tips. One of the things I've really worked on this year is taking the things we do and sharing them with others so that they're empowered to do some of these things themselves at home. So we'd love to have you follow us on social media and and implement those and let us know how it goes. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Lindsay. This has just been such a joy to chat with you. And we will have all the ways you can connect with Lindsay and her company in the show notes. That is it for this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. On the next episode, we are talking about mental health. We've been seeing a trend and hearing from a lot of you that you're struggling. Well, you know what? We've been struggling too. So we share some of our struggles and what we've been implementing to help improve our own mental health during these crazy times. So if you've been struggling or feeling broken inside, we get it. We are here to help. And since we are so helpful, how about you trot along over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review? It'll be good for your mental health and for ours, because spreading love is always a good thing. Can you feel the love?